Arkansas Row Crops Radio, providing up-to-date information and timely recommendations on row crop production in Arkansas. Welcome to the Weeds Are Wild podcast series as a part of Arkansas Row Crops Radio. My name is Tommy Butts, Extension Weed Scientist for the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. Uh, today, Dr. Tom Barber is joining me. We're going to have a, an Extension Weed Scientist talk with Arkansas, I guess, today. So, Tom, you want to say hi to everybody out there? Hey, what's up out there in podcast land? <laughs> just happy to be here. Since we can't plan anything, we're just talking to ourselves. Yeah, I haven't looked outside yet, but it's fixing to start raining again here. So, you know, great news for everybody, apparently. Um, basically, in today's episode, that's pretty much the main hot topic that we wanted to talk about is, is weed control in the wet and rainy weather we have right now. Um, and so we've just we're going to try and cover a few uh, you know hot topic questions we've been getting and then just a few of our recommendations with all of this uh like I said, this wet weather and what we need to be kind of be doing to maximize our weed control at this time. Um, so really the first thing that we wanted to jump into because of the really the weird, strange weather we've had, it's been cool, it's been very wet, and really it's resulted in a very extended window or, or at least multiple flushes of some of these winter annual junk weeds that we're dealing with. And there's a variety of those weeds and we're getting pictures every day of, of different weeds and what weed is this and, you know, why can't we kill it and those kinds of things. So we just kind of wanted to chat about that a little bit. Um, one of the first questions I've gotten too is, you know, this late in the season and trying to plant as fast as we can, you know, should we even being, uh, should we even be applying herbicides at all? Or should we just be trying to till it up? You know, what's our best option here? And I, Tom, I don't know about you, but at least my recommendation has been is, you know, herbicide's going to help because if we just try and till it, we're going to end up with a bunch of clumps. We're not going to have a nice seed bed to plant into. It just leads us into more problems if we don't at least try and apply something ahead of time. So what's your thoughts on that, Tom? No, I agree. You know, and it's a, it's a hard call because herbicides are so expensive this year and everything's expensive. Uh, fuel to put them out, you know, our, our applications are going to cost us more. So you know, a lot of people think it's a wasted expense just because we're going to go in there and till it. But, uh, you know, as big or as large as some of these uh, winter annuals are now, as big of a root system, like you mentioned, that they have, if we just go in there and it, even if we do invert them, we're getting rain so frequently now that they could just take back root and start growing again. And so it's going to be hard in our current weather pattern, I think, to uh, kill a lot of this winter vegetation and at least time, you know, plant timely if we don't uh, come back or go ahead and spray it before we hit it with the, with the tillage equipment. And so that's generally what I've been telling them too. You know, it's hard right now to talk anybody into tilling because uh, we're so late in our planting window. And so we're sitting here first week of May uh, and there's a lot of rice, a lot of corn, a lot of beans that uh, are still in the seed sack. And so, um, you know, in, in these times, everybody feels rushed to get the planter in the field. You know, one thing we really don't want to do, though, is we can't let that crop get up, at least, before we go out there with our burn-down herbicide. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of these winter weeds that are going to be very tough to kill with our in-crop herbicides. Yeah, that's 100% right. You know, we we get into these terrible weather conditions like this and we all want to be in a rush to get everything planted and in the ground. 
but we can't forget that we still need to start clean. We still need to get residuals out and make sure that we're getting that out. And so, you know, basically like, again, like Tom was saying there, let's not plant too far ahead of our sprayer. Let's make sure we can still get our sprayers across acres. We're getting seed in the ground too. So we might get the seed in the ground, but if we don't get our weed control down, we're going to be at a loss too at the end of the year still as well. Um, Tom, just to like, you know, couple questions, I guess, you know, what are the main couple weeds, I guess, that you're really getting calls on this late in the year now that are, that are pro- problematic and what's really been your herbicide recommendation for, for battling some of these uh, fronts that we're at at this point? Well, you know, and it, and there's a lot of them out there, like we said, and it's really going to depend on, it's going to be crop specific on what we can do with some of these. Um, but the top two that I get calls on relentlessly are ryegrass and uh horseweed or mare's tail and so you know with the ryegrass there's not a whole lot we can do right now um other than to go out with a uh, application of gramoxone at this point or paraquat something with paraquat in it uh, and it's usually going to take a couple of applications to knock these big ryegrass plants down so if you haven't started on your ryegrass uh, we need to get going on that asap and and again the name of the game now is just burning it down as best as we can because uh, at this point, we've kind of lost that battle. Uh, Select, in my opinion, or Clethodem at this point really does absolutely nothing for us uh, as large as the ryegrass is. Once that plant starts jointing, the, the effectiveness of Select uh, goes down pretty substantially in, in its ability to kill it. And so... Uh, we're at a paraquat window on that anytime. And we mentioned several times on these podcasts, putting a PS2 inhibitor with that paraquat, whether it's metribuzin, if we're planting corn and beans, uh, or if it's a uh, diuron, if we're going to cotton, uh, or cotteran, if we're going to cotton, um, rice is the one we really don't have a good, good option to put one in there. I think in an earlier podcast, we mentioned propanil, maybe a quart of propanil in there, but We've gone back and looked at our plots, and that really didn't bring much to the table for us. So uh, I guess that's not really going to be a good option on our, on our rice acres. So gramoxone's going to, or paraquat alone is really going to be the, the option there, you know, and, and bump that rate up as much as we can stand it. Um, the other big one is horseweed or mare's tail, and it's one that's really going to get some size on it this time of year when these temperatures start going and, uh, we've got corn up with horseweed in it. We've got beans up with horseweed in it. Uh, shouldn't have much cotton up because I don't know many people that's planted a lot of cotton yet or been able to. But, but uh, you know, if we don't have anything planted, you know, dicamba is still a good option for mare's tail or horseweed control, especially at the rates we can use it in extend crops with that uh, 22 ounces of Extendamax or 12.8 of Ingenia. But since we're past April 15th, we, we, we're not able to uh, tank mix glyphosate with that application. And so um, knowing that, that means we're back into a uh, two-application window or we can put gramoxone in there if our, if our crop's not up and so or paraquat uh, formulations. And so uh, just check the website for those tank mix options. So uh, dicamba's going to be an option there. Elevore's a good option for mare's tail horseweed, but... Uh, it's basically 14 days, I think, replant to most of our crops. And so, you know, again, that may take us out of a, a window where we can use that since we're wanting to plant or may have already planted. Um, 
if uh, the crops aren't up and then we're planting beans or corn, uh, glyphosate plus five ounces of verdict uh, prior to planting beans or uh, up to 10 ounces of verdict prior to planting corn is an excellent option for just about any winter annual that we have, including horseweed. Now that's not gonna take out our ryegrass clumps, but most of our broadleaf junk, uh, poanna, um, mayweed, it'll burn back, might not kill mayweed, may need a little first shot in that mix for mayweed, but uh, uh, to get the mayweed out of there. But the glyphosate plus verdict is one of my favorite uh, go-to burn downs for beans or corn, especially if we know we're in a tight planting window. Um, the other thing that, that gets used a lot, now this year's is a different story, just again, back to price, but uh, a quarter Power Max and a quart of uh, Glufosinate Liberty is a pretty good hot burn down on just about everything, uh, again, excluding the ryegrass, uh, and we can plant anything immediately. And so, you know, other than expense, uh, that's a pretty good option. Uh, only thing that's going to hurt is, is likely the checkbook. And so, uh, you know, Tommy, the one thing that I keep thinking of when I'm mentioning these uh, burn down options, and I know everybody's in a tight window to move, are these neighboring crops and what we've got planted. So uh, what have you been hearing on that? Are we, are, have we got a lot of drift calls coming in, I guess, is a, is a question uh, I would ask. Yeah, well, so that's good. That's a great question, uh, you know, because I've been in the same boat. You get all these uh, these late applications of burn down herbicides going and, and kind of in the same aspect, everybody's in a rush to plant. And kind of not focusing on what's right next door. And so I've had several calls too. Well, we, you know, we've got rice and corn planted next to each other. Now, what can we spray if we're going to drift that's not going to hurt? You know, it's kind of like a pre-planning where the drift hasn't occurred yet. But when it occurs, what's going to hurt and what kind of damage can we expect, basically, is some of the conversations I've had. And so, you know, I, there's a lot of different calls. Like, uh, you know, you mentioned the select front. We're trying not to get away from that because it's so late. But we know there's still applications going out there. You know, drift rates of that onto our, you know, corn acres, if the corn is up a little bit, is not good. Uh, we still got a lot of wheat across the countryside, which most of that is trying to head and everything else. So we're hopefully out of the window where a lot of that's going to damage our wheat. But there's still a chance that there's some acres out there where that could get banged up from some of this. Um, you know, there's there's still a lot of issues there. Um, in, the, in the corn and, and rice incidents, you know, I mentioned that that facet is really quite dangerous for our corn, especially if the corn is up. And that's kind of a, that's one that, that is kind of confuses everybody because, you know, facet is, you can spray over the top of Milo and it's fine, but it will, it will bang up your corn pretty good. So watching out for drift of facet on a corn is a pretty big deal. Uh, you know, command will bleach it a little bit, but as long as it's a drift rate, you can kind of get away with it potentially. Um, you know, things like that. So just be aware that a lot of our rice herbicides are going to bang up corn pretty good and, and vice versa, honestly. Um, so we really just need to, again, pay attention to what's around us, uh, you know, try and be good neighbors. I know it's, it's, it's a challenge when we all get in this rush and we're, you know, running and gunning, but basically try and just know what's around us and be good neighbors. Um, Tom, have you heard other things other than those ones mentioned? No, I think that's the, you know, a lot of select pictures coming in on corn. Um, I fully expect to to see some more. Uh, we, we just got through, I just got through talking about the Paraquat plus PS2 inhibitor mixes. And they, although they are very good on weed control when they drift, they're going to be a little worse on our neighboring crops than just Paraquat 
alone. And so I walked a lot of acres. I know Tommy last year, rice, beans, corn, uh, that had, uh, the Paraquat plus the PS2 drift on it. And, it and is, I watched a wheat field this year with that on it too. Already, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, we we're, we're not able to prevent all the drift occurrences. I mean, we know, you know, it's just part of farming and farming turn row to turn row with somebody. Um, but you know, the best way we can limit that is just kind of watch the wind the best we can and, and uh, maybe choose not to spray all the way next to the, to the field next door until we have a, a, a you know a good wind to do that I guess and have conversations with all our neighbors so that we know That's, you know it might that crop might not be up yet but it's it may be planted or they may be fixing the plant in the next week you know when the weather actually does dry up and so we could spray something and the residual ends up hurting us so just have those conversations in advance so we all kind of are aware of what's going around you know everywhere. Um, and the other thing that we wanted to mention along with that too, is just for your knowledge, I don't know if, if you know, everyone knows that this table's in the MP44, but if you check out, uh, it's actually on page 28 of this year's version, the 2022, uh, version of the MP44, there's a table in there called sensitivity of major field crops to commonly applied herbicides. And it gives a good little rundown of a, a wide range of herbicides and the sensitivity of each one of our major crops to that specific herbicide. So that's a nifty little table to kind of give you some quick and dirty information on what some of those herbicides might do to, to a specific crop. Um, and so that's not, not an end-all be-all table by any means, but it at least would give you a, a rough idea of what might happen. So and those, those are always my most uncomfortable conversations when the answered the phone and, and uh, some of the first things uh, we talk about is what will happen if I spray this next to this or because we, you know, it's uh, almost a permission to drill. Will this hurt my corn if I spray it? But, you know, it's, uh, again, it's it's part of farming uh, row to row and, and uh, we live with it every year and we usually do a pretty good job overall. Uh, but, uh, you know, understand a lot of the things that we're spraying now to get some of these larger uh, winter annuals out of the field are going to be fairly detrimental to any crop next door, I guess. So, And because of the everything getting delayed, we've, we're fixing to have a lot of different crops going at the same time. And so there's going to be a lot of different herbicides getting flung out all at the same time, which just leads to more potential injury as well. And, and with the weather we've had, there's real small windows to you know to plant but there's also real small windows to get all of our herbicides applied as well so there's just going to be a lot flying around all at once and so we just kind of need to all take care and all work together at this this year because it's going to be a it's going to be a a tough situation for everyone involved Um, and speaking of those you know those tight windows i guess for our herbicide applications too something else that's really given us you know troubles again with the wet and rainy conditions is that, uh, you know, applying residuals or applying a lot of our herbicides to saturated ground conditions or even standing water really is not a good viable option for us either. Uh, And for really several different reasons. One, you know, most herbicide labels tell us to not be applying those herbicides into standing water or into like fully saturated conditions. And outside of just following the label, there's really reasons we don't want to be doing it anyway, too, uh, including, you know, basically off-target movement of those herbicides. You know, a lot of our herbicides are water-soluble, so if we're spraying them into standing water, wherever that water rolls, that herbicide's probably moving with it and could damage stuff, you know, basically downstream. 
And on top of that, if that herbicide's moving in that water, well, it's not sitting in your soil doing what you need it to do, right? It's not giving you your weed control efforts as well. So you're probably having uh, a loss in weed control, a loss in residual length, um, you know, both because of off-target movement, but also the dilution effect, right? Instead of being at our 10 gallon per acre rate that we applied, we just sprayed it into water and now it's diluted way down. And so we're not going to get the same activity for a lot of those herbicides either. Um, now, in contrast to that too, there's also some herbicides where we can get the exact opposite effect. We've had cool conditions. So if we have gotten crop in the ground, it's not really growing quickly. It's just kind of sitting there, maybe, you know, growing real slow. If you've got the wet conditions, it's still trying to suck up some of that water. You get some of those herbicides out there and it sucks up that herbicide. Plus it's not really growing very quick. It can't metabolize the herbicide very well. And we're going to end up with more crop injury. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking of things like I know on the on the rice side, Bolero is one of those big ones that if the rice is growing real slow, you get it uh, sprayed out there and it sucks up a big you know bunch of that. You can get some injury from that on the soybean front. A lot of our PPOs, you know, can cause a lot of heavy injury in these cool, wet conditions. Um, you know, there's different herbicides at town cotton front. I mean, I'm sure there's several well, there, too. Yeah. You know, cotton comes up looking for a place to die. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, we need the temperatures to help us a little bit on getting our cotton up and out of the ground and at a good start. But, you know, I'm thinking corn because I, I, you know, go back to some of these corn pictures. Um, you know, a lot of them are just uh, injury from the herbicide application that was made. And so a uh, prime example of this, if we look at uh, Halex GT has been a pretty common herbicide program in corn for a long period of time. Well, that's a, you know, three herbicides plus most folks, and it's our recommendation to put atrazine in there with it. And that's uh, that's a lot of herbicide for that corn plant to metabolize and deal with uh, in addition to cool and wet conditions. And it just, it seems a lot of times if we put a big slug of herbicide like that out early under these conditions we're talking about, you're going to get some white flashing, especially if that boom ever overlaps, you get some severe stunning. Uh, where we get our rate up a little too high. Uh, but even without doing that, we can still get some uh, yellow flashing, white flashing from just the inability of that corn plant to uh, metabolize uh, some of that heavy dose of herbicide. And while while I'm talking about that, and it's not necessarily specific to Halex GT, but uh, due to the herbicide shortages going on, the difficulty to find different products, a lot of people may try to roll their own Halex or roll their own, you know, name your most common popular herbicide premix. And and what you have to watch out for in, in some of those situations is uh, Callisto, for example, is an EC. Dual is an EC. Roundup Pyramax 3 is a heavy loaded surfactant-based, solvent-based uh, glyphosate product. So if I roll my own Halex, I've got a lot of solvents and a lot of oils then I add atrazine to that uh, in the tank uh, versus when it's pre-formulated, uh, they're a little different. They don't, it's not an additive effect of all those uh, solvents and oils. And so you will get a lot more burn in general when you start rolling your own or mixing your own uh, individual products together sometimes. So just be careful with that. Well, uh, along that conversation too, I was just going to chime in, you know, it, 
we always say this and I know no one likes to do it, but check those labels, right? Read those labels because when you're rolling your own, a lot of those different uh, individual actives, especially if you start talking generics versus brand name may have different loads. Uh, And just as an example, let's just talk about the the glyphosates of the world, right? The roundups. I mean, we've got, I think there's three pound materials out there. There's four pound, four and a half, 4.8. You know, there's a whole range of different loads of those glyphosates out there. We got to know which one we're using to select the right rate. You know, if we if we find one of those, you know, three or four pounds, whatever it is, and we're running a, you know, a normal court rate, well, that's actually low, right? The court rates for the four and a half or 4.8 pounds. So just be aware of that. And the same goes for a lot of those other ones. Like Tom was mentioned, when you're rolling your own Halex, you've got a generic meso or, or, you know, a generic something else, generic atrazine, those loads might be just a little bit different. Just double check those and make sure you're getting the right amount of active actually in there and you're not either under or over applying it. Tom, did you have, uh, you know, anything else on uh, the residuals front or any other weeds of concerns or anything else you wanted to chat about? Well, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of situational things out there. And I think our winter, I don't know how many winters we've had this year, but our, our we never have a normal spring anymore. I don't know what that means, but. You know, we'll have some winter annuals that are absolutely huge uh, and bigger than I've ever seen. I've seen pictures of Virginia buttonweed and and, uh, shepherd's purse that I don't think I've ever seen them that big this time of year. We just usually, you know, easily kill them with our pre-plant burn down applications. But, you know, there's going to be some specific things that may cause you trouble. And all I'll say is, you know, if you've got a, you know, that's why we're here. That's why we have these roles and do this job. And so, you know, always reach out to us if you've got any uh, specific questions or concerns or if there's any crazy weed out in the field. I mean, don't just assume that we know, you know, we know about it or know what's going on. And we may want to come out and put a little squirt look test on you. So anyway. Yeah, we'll do our best. We don't guarantee anything ever, but we'll no. do our best. So we'll try. But uh, uh, just along those lines, too, just with some other outreach things, you know, make sure to, uh, to always be checking our website for any updated information there. Um, visit your local extension office, talk to your county agents, and, and hopefully they can help you. And if not, they always have our contact info, too, and they can get a hold of us. Um, and grab an MP44, too. Make sure you have that guide in your, in your truck or on your phone. You can download it from online, too, and have an online copy. Make sure you got that in your hands. Uh, if you haven't signed up for our tech service, you know, just text WEEDS to 501-300-8883. Um, and so you've got a lot of different outreach methods. You can get a hold of us any of those different ways. And, and like Tom mentioned, if you ever have any questions, feel free to email us, give us a phone call, send us a text message, any of those types of things as well. You know, this MP519 that I've got sitting here in front of me, because I can't ever remember all the plant back intervals, is uh, pretty ha- handy to have this time of year if you've got a question about just a quick reference guide on can I spray this and plant immediately. I'm not saying we have every herbicide in there. Matter of fact, I make notes every year of the ones that aren't in there. But but uh, it's a pretty handy little quick reference guide to, to have this time of year. That's right. And uh, and with that, we just wanted to say thanks to to multiple people as well, like normal. Uh, you know, first of all, thank you, the listeners, for continuing to uh, to tune in and, and listen to our podcast and get this information from us. Um, you know, if you ever have a comment or, or, you know, something you want to hear or something that you didn't like that we said, you know, that's pretty common too. I mean, feel free to let us Send all those to Tommy. (laughs) I don't want to hear what you didn't like. (laughs) Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Tom. 
<laughs> but no, no, just let us know. We, uh, you know, we appreciate the feedback that uh, that y'all are listening and, and finding this information useful. Um, we also just wanted to say thanks to our Arkansas Commodity Boards and and USDA NIFA and USDA ARS for all the funding that contributes to, to not only our research that generates these recommendations, but also just gives us the opportunity to do these extension things that we want to do. So we appreciate all, uh, all of that support as well um, along the way. So with that, Tom, do you have anything else final you wanted to mention in this week's podcast? Hopefully we can get out and get some field work done and get some more things planned. That's right. Yeah, I know the weather forecast isn't looking promising the next couple days, but hopefully end of the week, weekend, it'll start clearing up and dry out, hopefully. Knock on wood here. (laughs) But, well, with that, uh, like I said, thanks again for listening. And uh, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Weeds Are Wild podcast series on Arkansas Row Crops Radio. Arkansas Row Crops Radio is a production of the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. For more information, please contact your local county extension agent or visit uaex.uada.edu.